How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Thanks for your company here on the Overnight Crowd. How good was it to have Damo from Jock Reynolds back on the show again talking all things AFL super coach. A couple of questions have been coming in throughout um, as well, maybe miss part of the chat. So what I'll do is I'll make sure that I grab the recording that I take and uh, I'll pop that up onto our podcast area, so sen.com.au or via the app you can find the podcasts and you can listen back to all of the uh, good information that Damo gave us. But one of the questions, should I trade Damien Martin? I put that, uh, Dust, yeah, Dusty Martin. I, I put that question to um, Damo as well because I have Dusty in my side. Uh, he said his advice to me was to hold until later in the week because the Tigers don't play until Sunday and we're still not totally clear uh, what's going to happen. So whilst we can, his advice is to hold for as long as possible before making a trade. Let's wait and see if we get the information we need to then know on the trade. Uh, some good lists of, of sort of people that are not hot and to move on. I've taken, I've scribbled down notes while we were chatting and I'll make sure that we can get a chance to go back over those for the benefit of all of us. Uh, thanks to, for getting in touch, Dean. Dean and I played each other in the overnight regulars league and um, I got the win over Dean and uh, had the right captain in Lockie Neal, which was probably where our difference sat. So thanks, Dean. It was a good contest. I'm looking forward to the next one already. And uh, Ed from Perth got in touch. He plays Heater this week in head-to-head. He's above me on the unlimited ladder, but so are 125 other people. My only way is up. I love your optimism, Ed. Absolutely. So Ed versus Heater this weekend in the head-to-head for the Overnight Crowd Regulars League. Uh, all a bit of fun. Hey, from AFL, it's time to chat NRL now. And Elliot Vesely of Edge of the Crowd, he is busy writing articles all about the weekend that was. And he stopped to call in and join us here on the Overnight Crowd. Elliot, thanks for your company. Thank you for having me again, Dean. Oh, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So, Big Sunday action of NRL. Let's start with the very first game. It was Cowboys, big winners over the Bronx. It, it was a huge win. Um, <laughs> it was a huge game up in up at Suncorp Stadium. Um, it was absolutely packed out there. I don't think I've ever seen uh, in the last few weeks, haven't seen a game show just like that. Um, it, it was good to see the Cowboys start forming real formations on the field and start becoming a real really competitive team. I mean, Todd Payton has done absolute miracles there in the off-season, and uh, Jake Clifford and um, Tom Dearden are really coming together quite well, and uh, Jeremiah Manor was probably the standout uh, man of the match, but um, it was a great performance by the Cowboys. Yeah, Nanai running in three tries, and Valentine Holmes, he had one try, and he converted six from six and one penalty goal. So he was had a, a 100% night with the boot. Yeah, he did. Uh, Valentine Holmes is, is a very classy player and he's so good. And You know, the, the conversation uh, does come up that, you know, if he didn't go to the NFL, what could he be? Mm. Um, but he is a really, really talented player. And, um, yeah, as I said, I was just impressed by the Cowboys, how they came together as a team. team and, uh, and I think that's a credit to them, but a credit to the coach as well. And um, I think for a team that many had 
you know, at the very bottom of the table, it's a team that's looking pretty good. And that was a big second half, really, for the Cowboys. That it was, there was only eight points in it at half time. Broncos were six, Cowboys were fourteen. So it could have still at that point gone either way. But Cowboys, after that halftime break, just came out and really owned it. Yeah, they they blitzed that second half, and mm. I'm not too sure exactly where it all went wrong from the Broncos. I mean, Herbie Farnsworth did cross twice in the game, which is good for him. Mm-hmm. But for, for the Broncos, it, it just seemed to be the attitude more than anything. They have the, they have the team to 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 win a lot of games this season, but they, it's it's really hard um, when the attitude of the team just isn't there to win games. It just even with a host of talent, it's just not possible. Well, it's one of the things, the statistics-wise, that always stand out is completion rate. And Cowboys were completing at 91 and uh, Broncos 71%. So 25 of just their 35 completion rate, not good enough there. Yeah, it's impressive from the Cowboys and full credit to them. But um, it's a real warning for warning signs, excuse me, for the Broncos. Uh, they just have to change that attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Switch across now to the second game on Sunday. And uh, this one, look, there's just the one in it. Sea Eagles 13, Bulldogs 12. I think that's uh, is that Manly's first win for the season so far. Yeah, that is Manly's Ooh. first win. And and they did it at Brookie, which is there's no better place for them to do it. Um, the conditions were uh, miserable. <laughs> it doesn't even do it justice. They were really horrible at times during that game, and um, that that is why most likely we are seeing that scoreboard be so low and so tight. Um, but Manly just had the class to deal with it being there, and the difference was Cherry Evans uh, just slotting that field goal very, very calmly, nonchalantly. It's his 24th field goal, I believe, of his career, and uh, that's a huge number to notch up. So he is clearly the man for those clutch moments. It was with four minutes to go. He gets the gets the field goal. They're able to defend from there and, and keep hold of that one point lead. They both ran in two tries. There was two conversions for the Seagulls. There was two penalty conversions by Matt Burton for um, the Bulldogs. How tough were his chances for the regular conversions? I I didn't quite see the game. Were they from well out wide or were they ones that he'll rue missing Burton? They're, they weren't that far out, a lot of yeah, them. Okay. But uh, he, he, you know what, Matt Burton has a lot of wraps around his kicking mm-hmm. abilities. He has one of the biggest boots in the game. And I think, it, again, that was the difference is the, is the experience in the sevens. Matt Burton is nowhere near as experienced as Cherry Evans. And um, he, he was the difference in that game for them. Um, you know, on the other hand, they also had Tom Travorovich, who at mm-hmm. times playing like a forward. I just think that that, that real um, leadership within the team was far, far greater for Manly than it was for the Bulldogs, and that's why they got the win. Now, a couple of injuries, if we look through the casualty ward from the round. Uh, Stone, my hero of the Parramatta match, uh, getting that golden point try. We spoke about it a couple of days ago. He stepped back inside and appeared to do his knee at the time. We were hoping it wasn't too bad, but it has since been confirmed that as his hero, heroics go, he's now got a year on the sidelines with an ACL tear. Yeah. You know what? If I was going to go out in one fashion, <laughs> that would be it. That's true. Um, 
that is the way I'd want to go out. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I think that it's just, it was a great moment for the game and it's so sad for Ray Stone, but I'm sure he is having a giggle to himself that <laughs> that is probably the way, oh. uh, the way he wanted to go out. I know, for a forward to find himself in that position and then to, to use the fancy footwork and then it to, to come unstuck. Uh, and he moves on to the Dolphins for next year, I believe, as well, doesn't he? So his last act for yeah. Parramatta was heroics, at least. Yeah, he he does, but it, it's been quite weird, actually. I'm sure you've noticed across all the sports, a lot of non-contact injuries are happening like, yeah. happening like that. It, it's very weird that there so many ACL tears that have zero contact in them in such high contact sports, you would think that would be the the moment that people do the serious injuries, but it just, it's all non-contact injuries at the moment. Yeah, you're right. It is exactly what's happening at the moment, which is, and I know it seems to go in uh, sort of fits and troughs of, of injury um, themes or trends and, we were sort of coming off a quieter period with ACLs across a lot of the codes, AFL, netball, into um, into the NRL and those sorts of things. But this year, for some reason, it's like AFLW, I think they had 13 or something in the regular season. It's like, and it just skyrocketed. And that trend, unfortunately, continues, uh, which is not great news. And, and we probably need to do a bit more research on even more how to, you know, re, not even rehab, it's prehab that a lot of the teams are doing. And for some reason this time, it's not coming right. Yeah, that that word is the key word, the prehab. Mm. I, I have I have this suspicion that they're just pushing play too much these days. It's, right. it, it's a bit it's a bit much on the bodies now, and then that's why we're seeing these these types of serious injuries. But they simply can't take it, and um, it, it'll be interesting to see how the physios review all of these games and and have a look at how they can better it. Because I I don't really know. I've been going easier on them, really, what they can do. Yeah, I agree with you. You might be right. You might be onto something just to do with workloads. And Jake, uh, Jack Hetherington for Canterbury Bankstown, he's got it. He's set for a stint on the sidelines as well. Yep, he. I think he'll be he'll be back better than ever. I okay. think. And Jack Hetherington, hopefully, will retain his spot on the side. All right. And the, across this round, was there much um, of the HIA or the the doctor in the the bunker pulling up anything to do with HIAs and concussions? Yeah, there was a ton of it this round. There um, was. We're seeing it quite. We're seeing it quite often happen. Um, in, in in modern rugby league, um, I think the, the judiciary and the match review committee really need to kind of work out not only the classification for each and every HIA, mm-hmm. but how teams how they can make it um, easier for them to pick out teams that are exploiting this rule. Because for me, it wasn't the HIAs that were given uh, to people that actually had HIAs. It was the people that got HIAs this weekend but had no head injuries at all. Yeah. We saw an incident in the, in the Tigers game at one stage where Chanel Harris-Tavita for the Warriors had come off with an, a, a reportedly HIA and he was walking on the sidelines and he had no idea why he was even brought up. <laughs> no idea. And he came back out and he was absolutely fine. Yeah, so right. it, it, it's uneven on both sides of the spectrum. So for me, that's, that's the key takeaway is do we need, we have this independent doctor that's now in the bunker. 
do we need an independent doctor that's there physically on the day? Yeah. But once they come off, I can look at them and go, nah, this guy's fine. Send it back on. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a, it's a resourcing thing. It's a funding thing. But that independent is the key word. And then the doctor there. And I think you see... Um, I know cricket use it. There's a doctor at each of the home venues. Now, obviously, he is the home doctor, but they are in charge of both teams. And so across the board, as a community of doctors for cricket across all the venues, they obviously have a a duty of care and a role and responsibility to make sure they're neutral on the day. Um, Maybe that's something that needs to be looked at so that there's just that uniform approach, at least on game day. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think... With rugby league, unfortunately, what it does in the media is generate a lot of bad news uh, stories. The positive, the positive stories aren't really pushed out there. But yep. uh, I would urge people to look past that uh, from this weekend. I know there's a lot of things happening off the field, but I'd urge people to have a look at what's going on in the game. It's been one of the most exciting openings of the season I can remember. And, it, and it's just getting better and better. And I think that it's just a credit to the game. Hey, Elliot, before we let you go, um, what's the latest with the Newcastle forward, uh, Mitch Barnett? He was the first of the season to get sent off after that pretty nasty off-the-ball incident. Have you heard anything else uh, where that's at with the judiciary, for example? I I believe that he went to the judiciary tonight um, and did plead guilty um, to it. And then then we'll see, I guess, how how many weeks he gets. I was hearing a lot of chatter on, uh, you know, NRL 360 about what type of punishment he is facing. I I think he's on the higher side there, and I don't think it's his first incident. I think it's going to be a, an eight-week stint of, you know, two months. Um, but uh, a lot of people say it's, a, it's less, but that incident was just, it was so ugly. It was Wasn't so it? bad to watch. I just, uh, I can't see a way of him really fighting it at all he just has to give he just has to take what whatever's given to him mm-hmm. yeah it was nasty and as, as you say he probably just needs to, to take i know he's come forward and, and apologized but um yeah i think it was a nasty incident and we'll, we'll wait and see what the actual suspension is that's handed down if we forecast forward uh round four kicks off thursday uh titans versus west tigers your team how are you feeling about that thursday night game Nervous is the word. Um, very, very nervous. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I don't know what's going on in Tigerland. Uh, you can't really get a good feel for the club. And and there's just anybody that's watching rugby league is just hearing so many stories coming out of the Tigers that have absolutely nothing to do with what's happening in the field. There's this whole Robbie Farrow controversy off the field with uh-huh. he's swearing at Madge and is there all this controversy? But we're not talking about what's happening on the field here. They just, they look like a team that is disjointed and they just, they're not playing together. There's no cohesion between them. And it looks like they're probably going to name the same lineup this week again and try the same thing. So okay. for me, I, I love the Tigers, but, I can't see them getting the win. <laughs> well, Elliot, um, try not to think too much about it for the rest of the week. Hopefully they do surprise you and you get some success on Thursday. We really appreciate you chatting to us all about NRL and look forward to our next chat to look at um, some of the action across round four. Thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's Elliot Vesley from the edge of the crowd, our NRL correspondent, just giving us an update across the Sunday games uh, where Seagulls, 
They got their first win of the season and uh, beat the Bulldogs 13 to 12 and the Cowboys really convincing victors over the Broncos 38 to 12 as well. In the Telstra Women's Premiership, we had Titans 14 over the Knights 10 and Broncos 38 over the Eels 4, which means they head into finals time now, semi-finals, both on Sunday coming, Dragons-Titans and Broncos-Roosters. We chatted to Justin earlier in the show about our magic moments from the weekend. I think now's the right time to play this off because his magic moment, even though it was an accident, was my Parramatta Eels getting up over his Melbourne Storm. We'll be back soon here on the Overnight Crowd. Brown's got himself in an interference row. Moses with his first shot. Moses kick has hit the upright. Oh, my goodness. Stop press on the Southern Islands news. Rose Stone may have scored the match winner in a double. The Melbourne Storm, it hits the right upright and comes oh, back into the hands is onside, of the Mossbays. He's onside. Point. He's come off his right foot. He's beaten Jerome Hughes. The only Parramatta player in sight. He's done his knee yeah, as he's done his goal. We have a decision. Oh, this is incredible. He's done his knee in the act of scoring Ray Stone. And somehow Parramatta are going to win. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.